If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Gets off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Fires that way. Picked off. Darius Leonard at the five-yard line. Plants in the pocket. The Colts bring it down. A sack for Indianapolis. Steps up into the end zone. He throws. Michael Pittman. Touchdown. Let's get the podcast started. What's up, everyone? This is another episode of the Colts Official Podcast presented by WinBet. I'm JJ Stankovic, joined here by Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and Casey Vallier. I'm in the host chair for Jeffrey Gorman this week as we wrap up for our final podcast from Grand Park. That's right. How about that? We're going to be back on 56th Street to oh, record this thing next week. It's almost call. when you said final, I was like, final what? Did I Something I didn't know of, and then now I get it. Yeah, good we're going to be, be back in our cozy radio studio. Yeah, the road show is over. The, the road, road show is over. <laughs> our last our last outdoor podcast. Back to the hot Casey, how many studio. times how many times have I set up and torn down? <laughs> that's, that's a I mean, this set up. Well, how many well, practices have we had now? Well, like 15? Yeah. 15, so, 14, 14 times 2, I, plus uh, a couple of other media availabilities. I don't even want to think about <laughs> I, it. I, I, appre- I appreciated the question today uh, that Frank Reich got from ESPN, Stephen Holder, our friend Stephen Holder, who asked him, essentially, what are we doing here still? <laughs> Frank, Frank no, he did not. Fra- well, Coach, that what was, are we doing? That was the essence of it. It wasn't what the question was it was a better phrased question uh but the answer was we like it here it's uh from a logistical standpoint from an operational standpoint we like having everyone up here not for nothing saves a practice field for another week on 56th street yeah. so that's again not for nothing it was a good answer by frank reich you can check it out the full thing on colts.com that's right my postcard take, from camp if you take today. 90 guys back to the facility you're just going to chew that field up right, right. yeah you know? so it, it works out where the colts will return to the facility i believe one day before roster cuts uh and then you'll have but i don't even think there's a practice potentially that day well usually yeah the the they play saturday yeah. the, the last couple of and mondays have just a, been walked ramp up yeah. so right um, yeah. We'll have a lot to get into on next week's podcast, by the way, with roster cuts down to 53. But on this episode, we're going to discuss our big takeaways from Saturday's game against the Detroit Lions, the camp battles that are close to wrapping up, the players that are on the roster bubble, and we only have Mr. Jim Ursay as the guest on this podcast. Big Pretty time. Cool. Yeah. Big yeah. time. He uh, sat down with Matt Taylor and our friend Jeffrey Gorman last week during joint practices with the Detroit Lions. Check that out. We'll get to that later in the podcast. But let's start here. Mayte, this is my favorite thing from the rundown. The Colts dropped to 0-2 in the preseason. They did. Who cares? They did. Uh, (laughs) I I don't care, but they did. I mean, that's – I mean, it's (laughs) it's, facts. It's it's real doesn't mean you have to care, but I love it. (laughs) The Colts uh, lost 27-26 in a very important It's formality. It's formality. The Colts are 3-0 in the preseason last year and started the season 0-3. So, again, it doesn't matter. No. No. not many starters played in the game on Saturday. Uh, Matt Pryor, uh, he played Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, yeah. Nick Cross. Guys, we expect right now to be a big part of the first team on both offense and defense got in there. But the spotlight was on a lot of players fighting for roster spots. So with two more practices left at Grand Park after today and one more preseason game this Saturday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, training camp ends, the Colts have the roster cut down. Let's, t- let's start by talking about the wide receivers and kind of where we're at at that position. Let's re-rack it a little bit. So Desmond Patman and Mike Strawn had great games yeah. against the Lions. You know, Strawn came off the pup list. Frank Reich said it was like watching someone go from, like, 0 to 60 the yeah. way he comes. It was like he an IndyCar, man. It's yeah. unreal. It's like a gazelle. Uh, let's and, go. And then Desmond Patman, that catch he made backpedaling uh, – 
I was talking about that with Bill Brooks on the Instant Reaction pod that we put up on Sunday, and, and he said that's difficult. Backpedaling and catching a football is not yeah. an easy thing to do. All right, can the Colts afford to keep both Strawn and Patman, meaning we're talking six wide receivers? Is anyone else under the radar in that mix to make the team Mayte? Let's start with the first part of that. Can they keep Strawn and Patman on their 53? I think it just depends because I think you have to factor in the practice squad in this as well because when you look at Patman and Strawn, they're obviously not the same receiver, and they have different skill sets, but they're both bigger-bodied guys, right? One six four, I think. Patman 6'4". Strong 6'5", both around 220, 225, somewhere in there. So they're kind of in that same bucket that we talked about when we were talking about wide receivers in the offseason in the spring. And then you've got guys that I I still think are there that you can't really rule out just yet. And Kiki QT, who, oh, by the way, was back back at practice today. So important for him, missing last week with a groin, got banged up against Buffalo. And then you've still got DeMichael Harris. So I still think you would want somebody – to potentially be the backup to a Paris Campbell, have that ability to play in the slot, be that speedy guy. To me, it kind of boils down to what you want to do on the practice squad initially. Because remember now, the practice squad is 16 players. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay? And you can call guys up up to three times this year. So that's important. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is when you look at the receivers, I think you're probably going to keep six now due to the injury of Drew Ogletree. Right. Now it boils down to – who is the receiver that is most likely to get poached off your practice squad? Would that be Patman? Would that be Strawn? Would that, would that be QT? So maybe you keep Patman and Strawn on your active roster, knowing that if a guy like Kiki QT is on the practice squad, he's not as, quote-unquote, as desirable as a Patman or Strawn. But I still think it's ongoing. Frank Reich has said we're going to let this play out until the end. So you still got, I think, three or four guys in the mix for that final one or two roster spots at receiver, depending on what you do to kind of massage the practice squad. That's exactly what I was going to say, is is I think you look at it as who you think is more likely to end up not being claimed. And, that, and that's a tough game. I mean, that, that's a tough game to play. I mean, you're going to see it with a handful of different positions throughout this roster, but especially at wide receiver, because, I mean, let's say it is five. I mean, you asked, can you keep both those guys? I would assume six is going to be the number. Um, and we've started to see, you know, a little bit more of that special teams aspect out of Desmond Patman. Yeah, both um, are playing yeah. more on and, special and, and teams. We haven't seen as much of Mike Strong just because, you know, last week was his first week back. So, But we have seen a little bit more special teams aspect, which is, I think, huge for both those guys. But you bring up Kiki QT, who we saw back at practice today. We've seen him, you know, very heavily involved in special teams throughout camp. Yep. So there are those question marks where, you know, those two do fall right in that same you know, similar build, all of that. And, and it is you know, QT does give you a little difference. So that is going to be something that, I mean, down to the wire, we're all going to be watching. Um, I think me, I'm leaning that you can keep them both and that you've got guys, I think, like a DeMichael Harris and Kiki QT are very similar molds that I think you, you feel pretty good that you can keep both of those guys on a practice squad, one of those two that you can bring up and down. So I, yeah. I think you keep both Strawn and Patman based on what you've seen their production-wise so far and that the rest of the league has seen and hope that you can kind of slide one of those other right. guys under the, the table. The, the one thing I will say just about, you know, as we kind of really get into this is it's the, the Colts' three wide receiver positions are not static on who plays them. You, you talk about the backup slot to Paris Campbell. I think the backup slot to Paris Campbell is Michael Pittman Jr., and then it's Ashton Doolin, 
and then it would be potentially one of those two guys because Frank yeah. Reich likes to move those guys That's around. True. Michael Pittman Jr. played 150 snaps in the slot last year, and if you're looking to replace that big body that Zach Pascal was, who primarily played in the slot, 6'2", 200-something, Pittman's kind of a natural fit. Doolin's a big physical guy at that position too. So I think that means, you know, for a guy like Kiki QT to make the roster, he's got to be a big special teams contributor as well as a guy who you feel like, all right, if we need a couple snaps out of this guy in the slot, he can go get it. Um, As opposed to a guy like Mike Strawn, who we have not seen in the slot a whole lot, do you need someone who is mostly an outside backup? These are all the conversations that are way above my pay grade (laughs) that are going to be going on uh, between Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, and the Colts front office and coaching staff. Well, it's it's still ongoing, and and I think that's the most important thing here is because I think some of us – uh, that are out here every day, you know, you kind of hear rumblings, uh, well, Strawn's got no chance because he missed the first 10 practices of the uh, of training camp. And I just don't think that's the case. Agreed. I think it's it's all the it's a it's a big puzzle piece and all the tiny little puzzle pieces make up the bigger picture. So he's still got tomorrow. He's still got Thursday. Obviously, he would need to play well against Tampa Bay to have a shot. But I think that he can. I think that he will. And he's already off to a good start based off of last week and then catching a touchdown pass against Detroit. Yeah, I don't know how much this weighs, but one of the things you got to look at, too, with, you know, let's let's talk about that group of four guys, whether it's DeMichael Harris, Kiki QT, Strawn, or Patman. They're all guys that have been in the building. So this staff knows them very well. So yeah. it's one of those things you can yeah, – yeah, he's missed a handful, but they've seen him practice all of last year, so they know what mm-hmm. they're getting. So I think that is part of it, too. Maybe if it was a guy who is newly signed here and he missed a lot of times, you'd kind of say, well, you can kind of write him off because of that. Right. So I think that kind of also plays into that factor that they have seen these guys. Familiarity there. Familiarity, for sure. All right. Speaking of another guy who a lot of interesting questions about him going into next week and whether or not he makes the 53-man roster is Sam Ellinger. The, I mean, this dude, <laughs> he's in, in two preseason games, he's 19-22 to 22 for 224, four touchdowns. Fan, fan favorite and Sam And 148.7 passer rating. More touchdown passes than incompletions. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's pretty Absolutely impressive. Wild. Like, that's doing what you can, for but sure. <laughs> Nick, Nick Foles is the backup quarterback on this team. Frank Reich has been clear about that. You understand why that's the case, because Nick Foles has a lot of experience being a backup quarterback, being a, a guy, a starting quarterback in this league. Sam Ellinger, for as impressive as he has been in preseason, does not have any of that. So the Colts are going to go into the season with Nick Foles as their backup quarterback. Is there a case to be made that you keep Sam Ellinger as your third quarterback on the 53-man roster? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a case to be made. I don't I don't know how this is going to all play out, but... Yeah, it's, it's worth a discussion primarily because of how well Sam Ellinger has played, how good he's looked, and then also it's viable because the Colts are healthy. Yeah. They're really, really healthy. I mean, they've got Shaq Leonard. He's still on PUP as we sit here and tape this right now. So if that wasn't the case, then you couldn't even have the conversation of having the Correct. affordability to carry three uh, three quarterbacks and possibly having one inactive, obviously, on game day. But, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Sam Ellinger last year came in as a rookie, and he beat out Brett Hundley and Jacob Eason to be the backup quarterback. Then he gets hurt in the preseason, right? So what he sprained his ACL. Sprained his ACL, yeah. yep. So he had to go on PUP. He missed the first six weeks of the season. Then he comes back, and what's he do? He beats out Jacob Eason mm-hmm. and Brett Hundley. Yep. So he did it twice. 
And so he's incredibly, he's likable, obviously. Uh, you, you root for him because of the life adversity that he's been through. Um, just a, a great guy with great character. And you can see the improvement that he's made this offseason with working with Tom House and working on the biomechanics and the shoulder strength. I just think because you are healthy, you can t- have the conversation about three quarterbacks, maybe a stash him on the active roster until about week two, week right. three, when mm-hmm. things kind of calm down a little bit. And at that point, rosters are set. And, and the quarterbacks on those teams that may have been flirting with grabbing Sam Ellinger, they have their quarterback situation kind of figured out. Their quarterback, number three, is comfortable with the playbook at that point. Exactly. Then there's not so much of a uh, attention paid at grabbing quarterbacks on the practice squad or off-practice squads once those initial 53-man rosters are set. But it's a good problem to have right now for the Colts, and it's going to be interesting because, again, knock on wood, they're healthy, and they don't have to reach – at too many positions because of injuries at this point in, in training camp. And that's kind of what we, you know, we alluded to it earlier with, you know, the wide receiver question. That's part of why we're able to have those questions is because right. of the health. And I completely agree. It, it, Sam Ellinger has been a great story. He's one of those guys we've all talked to him and we, you fall in love with this guy. I mean, every bit about him, you want him as a part of your team. Um, but I mean, like you said, Nick Foles is an established veteran in this league. You know what you've got. He's got that connection with both Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, so they know what they're getting in him. And and there's no question that Matt Ryan is. You know, he gets hurt twice. He's still the starting quarterback. So that, that that's mm-hmm. not. The, so right now, I mean, you've got two guys that you are so comfortable with in Ryan and Foles, and, and that is part of the, you know, that's where we're going to be really watching when all that stuff comes down because I think that first wave, that's kind of the big point because yeah. that's when the rest of the league is is looking at that waiver wire to grab a couple guys here and there, and then you kind of start the season. So that is going to be interesting to see if that 53-man roster does carry number four in Ellinger because he's definitely a guy, he, he's making his case. And, and not only, you know, they talk about it, you hear all these guys, you're putting tape on for, you know, this team and the other 31 right. teams. So he's making his case for the whole league. We'll just see what happens come, you know, Monday. Can, can I just say something about this? Oh, I've, seen, I've seen this on social media from some people that Nick Foles is only on the roster as a favor. You know, Frank oh, Reich's doing him a favor. Not How a chance. How dumb do you think this yeah. team is? <laughs> like, you are insulting the intelligence of... Frank Reich who, who and Chris. That? I've just I've seen some folks on social media. I've got some questions in uh, the Colts mailbag. I haven't got them from the Twitter mailbag uh, that we do for this show. Thank God, because our listeners are intelligent. <laughs> um, but I I saw that and I was just like, you, like what? How dumb do you think these people are? Yeah. Why would you give someone a favor to be your backup? That's stupid. It's absolutely stupid that people Especially have that on thought. a team that's viable to do yes, something right. exactly. in the AFC and that, also, is, that is one injury away from a 37-year-old you quarterback. Know, you, know, 100%. you know what Nick Foles can do is step in and win a Super Bowl. Win a, yeah, right. Oh yeah, just be the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> are, are we? Are we like, right in this offense? By the way, I too. cannot. I cannot believe yeah. that that's a thing that's out there. And also, by the way, if you if you're like. Well, yes, Sam Ellinger has had a great preseason. He has played his right. way into a potential discussion for a roster spot. But the stuff that Nick Foles does operationally of the offense, because he has all this experience, it is it is so important. It's so critical to have that in your backup quarterback because if you have to call on that guy in the middle right. of a game, that guy's going to get the protections yeah, right. Nick- that guy's going to get you into the right look. You trust him to do all those things to keep the offense functional. 
and Nick Foles can do that, and then beyond that, he can go win a freaking Super Bowl MVP. I just <laughs> JJ I, the Enforcer needed. coming just, off the top right. I, I had to get that off my chest because I ke- I kept seeing some people asking about that, and I got these submissions on, you know, for the Colts mailbag, and I just like I. Nick Foles is not asking Frank Reich to be uh, a a uh, seasonal intern. Hand out, right. you know, <laughs> hand out, <laughs> hand out. This is you're a backup quarterback yeah. in the National Football League. Yeah. You can either play or you can't. Right, doesn't hand matter out, your personal relationship with anybody. Not a thing right. in the NFL, especially in well-run franchises like the Indianapolis Colts. Anyways, let's move on. The cornerback battle. He's pissed. He is. I am. I, am. So I like this. This, this is fun, JJ, right here. Just stupid, <laughs> stupid comments fire me up. All right. At the cor- Better watch what you say. I Casey. know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh-oh. That's, that's your notice right there. I'm just right. going to go ahead and leave. <laughs> All right. This, this better be profound on the cornerbacks. Uh, it's, let's, talk, let's talk about the cornerback battle because this is something that is important that we need to get into. Behind Stephon Gilmore, Kenny Moore II, Brandon Faison, and Isaiah Rogers, some good competition there. We are seeing some guys make some plays. Anthony Chesley flipped a dude yeah. during the game against <laughs> the Lions. Did. Tony, Tony Brown had a tackle for a loss and an interception yep. on a ball tipped by linebacker Forrest Ryan. Uh, you know, you've seen some plays made by a guy like undrafted free agent Dallas Flowers mm-hmm. in coverage. Uh, you know, Chris Wilcox has made some plays. He had a pass breakup in the joint practice against the Lions. Marvell Tell today had a nice pass yeah. breakup. Good competition right there. I, I think, you know, you're looking at probably five, six cornerbacks yep. that this team keeps. Is Has any of those guys that I mentioned there, have any of those guys kind of got a bit of a leg up in your mind in making this squad and being a contributor to this roster in 2022? I think it was well said with all of them have done – a handful of things throughout the entire month. One of the guys that always, it seems like he always comes to mind is Anthony Chesley. He just is a guy that the last couple of years, he's just been there. Mm-hmm. He has been around. He's made plays. He's versatile. He can be the First, nickel. He, he can, can be do, outside. He can do all of that. I, I like what I've seen out of him the last couple of years. I like what we've seen this month. Um, Tony Brown, I mean, big play on Saturday. One of the guys that I really like, though, is Dallas Flowers. He just, there's something about him that, and I like Two well, he went to my high school, so obviously we oh, just I didn't produce know that? excellence. Really? How about that? We didn't go together. Shout He's out. much younger than Shout I am. Shout it out. Shout How it out. That? Oak Park River Forest High School in home Oak Park, the... Illinois. Home of the Huskies. Oh, home, of, Huskies. home of uh, a list of our most famous alumni, Ernest Hemingway. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Dan Castellaneta, the voice of Homer Simpson. <laughs> Iman Shumpert. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You Iman gotta, Shumpert. You got to lead with that. Exactly. No, no offense to Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So Iman Shumpert. He's a writer. He's a writer. He gives I am. Nod, I got to go so. with Hemingway. Iman, Iman Shumpert, NBA, wow. NBA champion, NBA defensive player of the year, Love and it. Dancing with the Stars champion. Now it's his own reality <laughs> show. Stars. Probably the most talented person I've ever come in contact with in my entire life is really? Iman Shumpert. Wow. He's a year below me there. Uh, we had Ludacris for two years. He was on the gymnastics team. Did you guys like go to a, a Ludacris with your high school <laughs> yeah. too? Luda? Yeah. Wow. Luda. <laughs> That's, you want to tell our Mark Boyle story on Ludacris real quick? Well, and then oh, Dallas sure. Flowers. Dallas and Dallas yeah. Flowers. Okay. So it's total sidebar. So the voice of the Pacers, Mark Boyle, who's as <laughs> – uh, he's he's not very pop culturally uh, in in tune, let's say. Okay, so this is the height of Ludacris, like early two thousands, based in um, based in Atlanta, Atlanta. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. He moved so, he moved from Oak Park to Atlanta. So they're playing the Hawks, Pacers, Hawks. He gets introduced after a game to Ludacris, and they say, "Mark, I want to introduce you to Ludacris." 
And he says, how you doing, Mr. Chris? How are you? Shake, shakes hands. He goes, how you doing, Mr. Chris? And he would not mind me telling that story because he tells oh, that tremendous. story all the time. He's proud great. of that story because of how, again, non-culturally tuned in It he makes is. sense, though, because he goes by Luda. So if it's Luda, Chris, Luda. Right. How are you doing, that, Mr. Chris? That would, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I, I don't mean to take us <laughs> no, no, no. off that, that could That was a great off-ramp. Uh, <laughs> I mean, man, who, I mean, who, who's big at your high school, Matt? I mean, I've got Tom uh, Jim, Coverdale. Jimmy Mad Dog Matus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, these are these are probably more local celebrities that went to my high school and your high school than yeah. Ludacris and Emmis Hemingway. That's wow, awesome. that's Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. Emmis <laughs> Hemingway. Does he? Did I say, that, that's if he ran I a radio that? station. Wow. Emmis wow. Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah. Programming the next station. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> so to answer your question, um, I actually have I have Chesley on this team. Yeah, yeah. I've got Anthony mm-hmm. Chesley on this team. Uh, he, uh, he showed enough last year. He's backing that up with improvement so far this camp. Um, you say five. I, I think more like six. I think six. Yeah, yeah more like I, six. I could go with six. So I think you know, you're, it's a battle for that six. If gun to head right now, I got to make a decision. I mean, I, I like Marvel Tell. I yeah. like um, Dallas Flowers. Flowers to me is probably more in line for the practice yeah. squad. Yeah, we will see. But if you're making me pick right now, I'm going with Tony Brown. Yeah, this guy's played in the NFL. I think 33 games. Good, and, good special teamer too. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. saw that you know running down last week against the Lions. He had six tackles. He had the pick. But I think overall, he's done enough to be a candidate to make this team. And also, he was on the practice squad last year with the Raiders. So he knows Gus Bradley. Right. He knows this defense. That's a he, great call. He spent time yeah, last year between call. Cincinnati and the Vegas uh, practice squad. So he's got familiarity. And I think more importantly, you know, Gus knows him. That might give him a little bit of a leg up, but don't count out Marvel Tell. But I like 38 if you're asking me right now. All right, let's go to some closing arg- arguments before we get to the interview with Jim Ursay. Pick, let's pick one Colts player that you think deserves long consideration to make the 53-man roster one week from today. Can I go first so you sure. guys don't stand, steal mine? Stand up on the table. Who you got? I am banging the table for Sterling Weatherford. Okay. This K- dude. Casey's guy. Yeah, was, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, no, no, it's his fellow Cicero That's resident. Fellow, fellow resident. Fellow yeah. Cicero yes. citizen. Newly minted <laughs> Say Cicero citizen. Say that five citizen. times fast. Uh, today in practice, he nearly had an interception yep. of Nick Foles. Then he did have an interception of Nick Foles. Uh, he's been he's been a, a lot of places in this defense just making plays. He had two blitzes against Detroit where he was kind of lined up, mugged up over the, the A-gap. The first one, he kind of did that coffeehouse blitz that Bobby Okereke is really good at <laughs> where you turn. That's Expl- what, explain yourself, That's sir. what it's called. That's what it's called. I So, okay, <laughs> quick tangent. Bobby Okereke hit the, the sack he had against the Titans in week three last year yep. where, you know, they announced, you know, Bobby Okereke, and everyone's like, oh, I mispronounced his yeah. name. And it's like, no, that's ass. correct. He doesn't know how to <laughs> yeah, pronounce his exactly. name. <laughs> that, he hit that on a coffeehouse blitz, okay. which is sort of where you line up over the A-gap and you then you, you kind of fake the offensive lineman into thinking you're going elsewhere. So you kind of turn your body away. You kind of wait a beat, and then the offensive lineman, usually it's a guard, kind of slides toward the center or slides toward the tackle, opening up a wide-open hole for you to just blitz through there right. and get to the quarterback. Love it. Coffee so house Ster- five. Sterling, Sterling Weatherford tried one of those and nearly hit home against the Lions. Yep. Did a really nice job with it. Then the next one, he he came right through the A-gap, and he just pushed, I think it was Justin Jackson, the running back. He pushed him back like five yards. It was really impressive. Two very good pressures for him. And, you know, there, we've talked a lot about how there could be some openings for undrafted free agents. Him and JoJo Doman. Yes, that, that uh, spot two, for sure. Two guys who have had, you know, very competitive 
uh, tenures here in Indianapolis, dating all the way back to uh, OTAs when they, you know, we started seeing them make some plays out there. So I'm, I'm going to stake my claim to him, and I wanted to he's get a, that out first. Oh, so he's, a, you didn't, he's a great story. Yeah. I mean, he grew up going to Anderson for Colts training camp. He was the kid in the Reggie Wayne jersey, right, looking for autographs yeah. after practice. Just a cool story, man. Local pro day guy, top 30 visit guy. We need more Hoosiers on the roster, Agreed. by the way, without yeah. Jack Doyle. So. Danny Pinter, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Got to right. have one more Indiana guy. So I'm going to let you go because I think – you might take mine, and if you do, that's okay. Well, well, it's very gracious. I, I was I was between Sterling Weatherford, and then I kind of have it's it's like a two headed like I'm banging my fist on both Desmond Patman and Michael Strawn. I think that both of them have enough upside, not for one another, but for both for of them. Both Gotta of them have on both. this team. So I'm saying I want six receivers, and I want those two guys to definitely be. And I just I feel like they both have enough upside that they can really be dynamic playmakers. I'm not necessarily saying that's right now, but I think you can start to scratch the surface now. I think what we saw out of Desmond Patman last week is something that he can sustain. I'm not saying he's going to go out and have five catches for 105 and a score every week, but I think it's something that we saw that flash last year against Arizona. I mean, that was a huge game for him, and it was a huge game for the team. It was something that they needed, and the moment wasn't too big. So there's something about Desmond Patman that I like. And Mike Strawn, I I don't know, maybe it's just the story and all of it. It, I'm always just drawn to him, and and he's a guy that – those are the two guys for me. I know we we said one, but those are guys that I'm saying – at that position, I want both those guys on Banging the Banging on the table. Who you got, man? Big, big receivers. I'm going with 43 Trevor Denbo. Okay. He's been on special teams he's, making some he's plays. He's played a yeah. lot. He was a four-team or four-year guy at SMU. And I think you need more core specialists on this yeah. team because no longer do you have Matt Adams or Jordan George Glasgow, Glasgow or yeah, George or Odom. You're right. I think it boils down to what you do at corner because if you keep six, that might be tough to keep five safeties. But, again, he's, he wouldn't necessarily be a safety on the ro- – I mean, he would be on the roster designation-wise, right. but he would be that core special teams guy. It's like guy. Matthew Slater in New England. Right. He's a wide yep. receiver, but he hasn't had a single catch in <laughs> yeah. his career. Right. So right. is yeah. he a wide receiver? Right. I don't really think so. He's more just a special team. So, so yeah. I think it kind of depends on where they are with a guy like Rodney Thomas out of Yale. Right. You know, how many, how many safeties can you keep? And can you keep Denbo primarily to be just a special teams guy? That, to me, is going to be interesting because I think he's done enough, shown enough coming out of SMU that he has at least a candidacy to be on this team because of what he could provide, both on defense if you get in a pinch, but then a guy you can trust to go down and make tackles on special teams. Can I give you a fun fact about Trevor Denbo? Please. Did you watch the Netflix series Cheer? Uh, no, <laughs> it's very good. It was very good. Was not aware. It's all, of it's this. all about. It's Did all about, you? Yeah, it's very good. It's all about the Navarro College cheer program, okay. which is led by a woman named Monica Aldama. She's probably the best cheer coach in the entire world. Okay, her daughter is engaged to Trevor Denbo. Oh wow! Okay. All right, there we go. There's a nice breaker. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So there you go. I There's your it. Trevor Denbo fun fact Sheer. of the week. I have not. I haven't even seen that. It's I'm... really good. Look, look. It's really. It's a very good show. It, it's. I thought a really interesting look at how uh, college athletes can be pushed to their limits uh, to garner success. Okay. And it is. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. You don't have to be into competitive cheerleading to really get into it. Because as someone who is not into competitive cheerleading. 
I got very invested it, in the show. I wouldn't be shocked if my wife has watched this, so I might reach out to her and see if she remembers that name. There are two seasons of it. It's very good. Okay. I would highly recommend JJ's a top it. of the pyramid guy. You know, yeah. Casey and I were probably bases. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm very, very flexible. JJ's very probably, good at flipping. He's, I'm, he's I'm the guy tumbler. who holds the. He's a tumbler. He holds the, what, the megaphone. What, the megaphone. That's me. I just stand on the side. <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not competitive cheerleading. You're going to learn a lot when you watch it. Get back okay. to me. Get back no, to me. Get back to me when you learn what the phrase no, "on mat" means. There's no megaphone in competitive cheerleading. All right, let's get to though. let's get to something a little bit better than this discussion, which is the, <laughs> the that's interview. Putting it, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> He can't even handle it. He can't. He can't He's even, done. No, I mean, this is. I mean, we could talk about toads and be better than this. <laughs> or wallpaper or stamp collecting. <laughs> you all right? Are you going to make it? I think he's crying. He's going to He's, he's crying. It. Yep. Yeah. Well, JJ can't talk right now, but Jim Ursay is coming up right now. Jeffrey Gorman and I, hey, we ran the gamut with the owner and CEO of the Indianapolis Colts. JJ's losing his composure over there. No, seriously, great conversation coming up right now. Jim Ursay late last week uh, joined the Gorman and I to talk about his expectations for the Colts, Matt Ryan and starting the season off strong to begin the AFC South slate there with back-to-back games against the Texans and the Jaguars. Take a listen. Quick special surprise here after camp. Colts owner Jim Ursay is here. I know you got to see some of practice today, but the excitement after Buffalo, I know it was a loss, but seeing those ones versus them, uh, optimistic this year, obviously starting with the quarterback Matt Ryan. Well, no question. First of all, you know, we thank Westfield and I saw the mayor out here and what a great job they do for us. And for me, it's just so um, powerful, you know, to be at training camp, to be at a scrimmage. I, you know, my 51st season and it just stirs memories, the best memories of my life being in training camps, going back all the way with Johnny Unitas, way back in Golden, Colorado. Um, but, uh, we couldn't be more excited, uh, as you mentioned. You know, we know what we had last year with the best special team units in the league, two block punts, which is almost unheard of, um, just overall great special teams. You know, the most takeaways, which is the hardest thing to create um, uh, and gives you the best chance to win because it changes momentum. And, and Jonathan Taylor behind, you know, such a great offensive line. Um, so we, we really, there's so many things we're trying to just get right so we're the best. For instance, we want Quentin Nelson and, and Shaquille Leonard healthy, mm-hmm. all the way healthy. I mean, they are great players, so if they're 85% healthy, they're still great. We're trying to get them all the way healthy and bring back people, you know, can Blackman come back? Mm-hmm. You know, can, you know, just different guys that are overcoming injuries. And the second year guys, you know, Quiddy's gonna make that big uh, jump and, and, and we're looking to see others do the same thing but we know it's a quarterback centric league obviously you know the other two great veteran free agents we got um is going to help us immensely you're talking about gilmore and ngakwe no question well ngakwe threw a trade for rocky sim but if you could talk about those two guys and the impact that they're going to have you know i i tell you they're great players i i i you know, um, just remember so many sacks we endured uh, <laughs> from, from 91. You know, just <laughs> I talked to we were talking in the locker room after the game in Buffalo. And uh, um, and, and with Gilmore, um, you know, uh, uh, w- what an outstanding player. He, he's just accomplished so much. And I know he's excited about being here. Everyone's so excited about being here. 
Matt Ryan, it's a quarterback-centric league, so you know how important that is. But what a leader he is. After the Jacksonville game when we met in my office, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, and I had on past midnight, uh, and we were in despair and, and, and looking at everything we had to do ahead of us. You know, we couldn't imagine that everything would have come together a, a, as well as it did. Now, we know, you know, injuries are the thing that are always out there, you know. Um, and, and so you're trying to manage that, have depth, and that's what our great scouts do and all of our coaches because we try to bring in players um, that you don't think maybe will have. And then, you know, that's how the Jeff Saturdays, the Gary Brackets, right. you know, become uh, just players that are remembered forever just being free agents, you know, and we're bringing those in too. And, and, and we just we have uh, high expectations um, in all areas of the roster. Um, you know, we – we, you know you have to stop the run and get pressure on the passer. I mean, those are the things you have to do. Um, you know, we need more pressure on the passer. There's no question that's central to us. You know, talking to our new defensive coordinator and everything, you talk about how much you're going to blitz, how you're going to create pressure. And, and all the coordinators in the league are the same thing. Hey, if we can get pressure with four, I love that. You know, but a lot of times you can't. So so um, I'm really interested. I You know, I just believe... You know, for instance, when we had our best game against Tennessee in Tennessee a couple of years ago, sure. we really got to Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we hit him, we hit him, we hit him, we hit him. And, and, and what a, uh, um, a great effort we had against a team that we've struggled against for the last four or five years on and off and who's won our division. So so we know we have to get pressure on the passer. Um, and, uh, you know, Matt has to, and he can, go out you know, and be a leader, be accurate, be that, be that field general. Um, you know, you know, he can't miss, you know, T.Y. in the Raiders sure. game. I'm sorry, but you can't miss that throw, you know. I mean, um, and so I, I, I just believe um, that he won't and, and that um, under pressure, Matt plays great. And um, he's on a mission like we are to go get another Lombardi. He almost had his against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. You know, we've had one. We, we could have had three. You know, you can argue why, why, why didn't you? And and, the, and there's many different reasons you could come up with. But the bottom line is in this era, you know, look at the Packers, Favre to Aaron Rodgers, the Steelers, Cower, you know, to, to the new era with, with Tomlin. Super Bowls, Super Bowls, you know, Denver, Elway to the new era. And that's what we have to do as a Colts organization. Mr. Ursay, I mean, as you know, football is about so many things. It's about X's and O's. It's about schematics, but it's also about relationships. With Matt Ryan coming in here, it looks like he's a guy that's able to bond with the locker room, and guys are gravitating to him. From your perspective, you've been in the game for so long and have seen so many great quarterbacks and great leaders. How important is Matt Ryan in, in terms of his relationships with the guys, with yourself, to the success of this team? Well, it's huge. I, I, I mean, I think everyone has an idea that f- being a franchise quarterback is about the hardest job that there is for a number of reasons, and um, a lot of it's um, mental, um, the weight you carry with your responsibility. But but guys like Peyton Manning, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they, they, they would have been astronauts, Navy SEALs, you know, those sort of individuals, the rare individuals that um, are just love being leaders. And, and, and it's tough being a leader right. because 
if there's conflict, if you're a leader, you have to get in the middle of that and figure out a, a way to resolve it. Um, no matter what's going on, as Peyton did here, um, Matt Ryan has his eyes on everything, you know, everything. And, 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 and that's because as an owner, he's my partner. Sure. I mean, I'm saying, okay, you know, you're going to get whatever the number is, $30, 50000000 million, whatever the number is going rate for the great quarterbacks are. And, and, and you're coming in and you're, you're one of my key partners. Right. You're joining Chris Bowden, Frank Reich, and me. You're the fourth pillar. You need the quarterback. And so you need someone that you partner with that, um, you know, it's so critical. Bobby Jones said every competitive game in sports is played on a four-inch field between your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's where greatness is found. That's when you look at Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. And, and when Bill Belichick talks about playing against Peyton Manning, he doesn't talk about, oh, he throws 80 yards or he runs around because he's 4-3 in the 40. No, it's his brain. I have to play chess against that guy, and he seems to beat me a lot because he's that smart and prepared. Um, so you can't, you know, boy, it's a great question because um, it takes a special sort of, of, of character to, to play that. And I think, you know, Andrew was smart enough where he knew, you know, he got to that point where, you know what, um, you know, is best for me and the team. I, I don't want this 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 weight anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it, you know, because it's a heavy weight. Sure. You know, it's a heavy weight. And some people... Uh, you know, think they want it and they, they try to get it, but they don't understand, you know, why they're not succeeding because, you know, very few succeed. They're, you know, any time you're going into a league year, you, you can talk about maybe four or five quarterbacks, maybe six, mm-hmm. you know, but, it, but, 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 but they're the great ones for a reason and, and they're the ones that carry their franchise. You know, I, I'll just say this and it's nothing against, you know, any player in our past or anything, but, but, you know, great quarterbacks, they win in Jacksonville 10 out of 10 times that last game, every time. Would not, great ones would not allow a loss. No way. Mm-mm. And with now, Matt Ryan, we, we, you get a flip side of that. You know, and, and that's, that's what Matt Ryan uh, brings. Look at when you're a leader, you know, when, when you do things that, that he has to do, when you do things that Coach Reich have to do, Chris Ballard, myself, you know, it's just like with Chris. You know, I said, you know, we have to go in a different direction. Well, who's who's going to play quarterback? You know, how are we going to do this? I said, well, the, you know, that's exactly why you're so great. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> right. And he said, and well, he thanks a lot. And, and he did <laughs> no, but he did because, no pressure. <laughs> because things change, and he waited it to come to him, yeah. and the landscape changed, and that's what happens in life. And then things happen, many things happen. Then all of a sudden, you know, Watson talks to Atlanta and sure. cools – Matt Ryan's heels and Arthur Blank realize he can't. So now he yeah. becomes available. That so yeah. and, and we seize our opportunity. And, and uh, so we all work so closely together. You know, right when we were about to get the deal done, Chris and I talked. And, and you know, I said, uh, don't worry about if it's a three or four. You know, we have to sign. We have to get it done. And, yeah. and, 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 and he knew it, too. And, 
and and he did. So what a great job by Chris Ballard. I can't say enough. And, of course, we have to prove to our fans why it was a great job um, because they want results, and I'm with them. And it will happen because he has the characteristics of the Manning and the Brady that you talked about and the leadership qualities. Jim, I can't wait to watch this team. I know the first game to you is always important. Get the W in the books. I don't care if you're on the road or at home. So I know Houston and you're conveying that message to your team, but I know you got to go right now, and I just want to ask you about September the 9th, the Jim Irsay Collection, the kickoff concert that is held at Lucas Oil Stadium. Ann Wilson from Hart will be there, buddy. Guy is there. You and your band will be there as well. I know you're passionate about football, but you're also passionate about music and celebrating the city of Indianapolis. Well, no question, and and and, and obviously September 11th, we're really gearing up for that game. I promised Chris and Frank and Pete Ward I wouldn't talk about too much because in the past it hasn't worked. So I'm just saying we're going to be prepared to go to and play our best in Houston, and and, and we want to get it done, no question. But but the great thing about September 9th is is this is, is an iconic event. It's coming together in such a it's large free. way. It's free to all fans, and what they get to see is just remarkable. The greatest museum in the world, which includes Colts, Memorabilia. Never seen, Never before seen I by hear. Peyton yeah. Manning, Tony Dungy, Johnny Unitas. Um, go go down the long career list. Um, includes things in sports like Jackie Robinson's home run bat and Muhammad Ali's shoes against you know the thrill in Manila against um, uh, Joe Frazier and the and, robe, yeah, and, and, and the robe. And it includes you know such an iconic mix of things. So it, it, it's remarkable, and, and this night, and we're going to have some surprises for people, I sure. think. You know, we, we always have something up our sleeve, but what's already out there is remarkable. You know, we're going to have all of this museum free to the public to see at Lucas Oil Plaza. And then the fans will be able to fill the stadium. Um, On the whatever, field included? Whatever the amount, the yeah. field and stands, you know, whether it's 50,000, 70,000, 30,000, whatever the number is, and, and it's going to be quite a night, an opening concert, a celebration of, yeah. of Indianapolis, of music, of, of uh, opening the season of sports. Edron James will be there. Um, he's been part of our traveling tour now. This is the seventh city after coming out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, the show's very expansive, and it's incredible. And, and, and so, you know, we couldn't be more excited. And I think the fans are really going to enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's on me. I, you know, I'm buying the drinks. You know, <laughs> I'm buying the popcorn. Because the way I look at it is, you know, to our fans is, you know, this is a, a service work. I don't need your money, okay? Keep your money. You know, let us do this. Come in for free. You don't have to pay $100 or yeah. whatever you pay, you know, for a concert ticket. Come on in because as the Colts and, and as a family, as the Ursay family feels, you know, we want to be able to do this. Save that $100 for a mortgage payment. Save it for whatever. I don't need that money. You know, come on in and, and, and let's enjoy this as a community for free and, and so you have to register though right um so please register yeah all the information um, all, available all, colts.com and jim ursay collection.com yeah. as well as mr ursay's it's very Twitter simple page. to, to yep. register i don't know very computers simple. if at all, i can do I, it hey, i think i could do it if but, i can do it coach anybody could do it or Let's just see. ask your eight-year-old daughter or son. They'll, do it. they'll do it for you in about three seconds jim i so appreciate the time i know this houston no game doubt. means a lot and this season means a lot and september 9th is coming up right around the corner again more information at jim, the jim ursay collection Best of luck. We love talking to you. Hope to catch up with you throughout the year. Well, thanks so much. And to our fans, and uh, 
that's the number one thing we're always thinking about um, is our fans because without them we don't have a game. Nothing. And you know, you know, the concert Friday night is based on on that fan support and energy. You know, our games at home starting September 11th is based on the fans, and 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 we really appreciate you and everything we do. Try to show that appreciation towards our fans um, and how much you mean to us. Um, and we're, we couldn't be more excited. We have the best fans in the world. And and they're orderly, too. That's right. So, that's right. Uh, and by the way, know, a block of them asked me if you're going to cover a Dylan song maybe September 9th. I say, hey, that's not up to me in the set list. So hopefully you do a Dylan song. Well, definitely so. I, You know, we have some tricks up our sleeve with special guests, potentially even. I can't say anything about that. Sure for you sure. can. Well, you know, you know, I don't want to start rumors. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be so exciting, you know, as is R.E.M. songs being played from Mike Mills yeah. from R.E.M. And, and Ann Wilson covering Zeppelin and Buddy Guy and Kenny Wayne Shepherd really, you know, bringing authentic sounds that go awesome. way back in our musical history. So it, it's going to be so special, and, and, and I think the fans are, are going to see, and, and having a chance to see this museum, you know, having a chance, it's so eclectic and iconic. Um, I think, you know, it'll be really a, a great moment of joy for everyone to celebrate together in the community. You heard it, man. So you heard we, it. we couldn't be more excited. And, and like you said, you know, maybe this becomes a tradition. Sure. Where, where the Colts have a kickoff concert, of course, we'll be playing Thursday night to start the season. Yes. And, and we'll be excited about that as a league. Um, but then Friday, you know, everyone's getting ready on Saturday. So um, You're not going to so, want to miss it. You know, we're going to have some current players there. There's a brief uh, break in their schedule. You know, before they head out, and, and, and hopefully we're going to, you know, get some, some key guys there and, and uh, certainly past guys like Edger and James and others. And, um, and, and it's going to be special. HBO Hard Knocks is going to be out there. Um, different film crews are going to be out Wait a there. second. Now, Hard so, Knocks is doing this. Yeah, we, we, you know, we have a lot going on. A Hollywood film is filming some of it for the Whisper Network, which is just in filming now. And so it's that kind of night. There's, there's so much going on. And, and really, for me, it's incredible because, you know, we're going to get down in there when Peter Berg's doing a documentary. The great director, you sure. Know, the great director of Lone Survivor and many others. But, but you know, you know, and being home, you have a chance to sit in our locker room, you know. And I soak up that locker room. I remember seeing Edger and James and Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning together walk out of that locker room two decades ago, you know, it's etched in my mind, you know, and, and the locker room, you know, it, it, it's so special. So, you know, we're sitting in that locker room yet. There we go, you know, off and, and, and to do this show, which um, blends, you know, what people in this country love so much, you know, that great musical celebration together and, you know, being able to celebrate NFL football. Um, and, of course, many of these iconic things from, you know, you know Abraham Lincoln's pocket knife to to JFK's rocking chair to the list goes on and on you know um so we couldn't be more excited i know our fans are you know it's like a you know one of the last nights of summer it's a friday night mm-hmm. um like i said uh concessions are on me and uh, everything is on me and, and, and the Colts, and, and we just want to do that for our it fans. It will be a hell of a and night. So, Jim Irsay is throwing a party on September 9th, and you are invited. More information at Colts.com and the Jim Collection.com. I know you're a busy man. I so appreciate you sitting down for a few minutes. Can't wait to see you on September 9th. But more importantly, go Colts. Well, Let's raise a Lombardi. Well, I mean, aren't you going to mention also the Emmy that our crew has won? <laughs> the screw right yeah, here. I, right. I mean, few, this is, this is a, a few sports a Emmy, Emmys. Yeah. Emmy decorated crew. So we're very proud. <laughs> 
proud of you guys. And, and uh, you know, uh, we take a lot of pride in knowing the excellence you guys deliver because we're only as good as every single one of us working together. So, so well said. you know, when the ball goes in the air, we're all together teaming up and, and, and we couldn't do it without everyone that, that has to do their job. And, and, and you guys do it so well. Thanks. So thanks so much Thank for having so me. Thank you so much. That's the boss man right there, Jim Ursay. Don't forget September 9th. More information on Colts.com. Best of luck this year. We'll see you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks again to Colts owner and CEO Jim Ursay for sitting down with us here on the official Colts podcast presented by WinBet. I'm fired up to go to that Jim Ursay collection event. It's going to be so cool. I'm I'm so so fired up for it. I mean, they Uh, could legitimately have – I mean, it's free. Yeah. Think about it. It's free on a Friday night. at Lucas Oil Stadium. All the great band members, all the special guests, the Colts stuff, plus the collection – I mean, I'm saying there's there might be forty to fifty thousand people there. I hope. I hope so. There should be. I I would. I got I got, go up I, got I got my reso at St. Elmo's for that. before it long oh, in advance. Look at this guy. That's pro a pro move right there. Right there. Hey, if the tickets are free, we might as well splurge on uh, yeah, that's a little true. bit of That's dinner. a really good yeah. point. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're seeing something that you would probably pay hundred bucks a lot right, of money exactly. for. So that's yeah. a great point. Replace yeah. it with steak. All right, let's go to that's the best thing. You'd replace it with steak. Let's go to the mailbag here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me. Wanna wag my tail when it comes? I wanna will. All right, our question, and it, I, we had a lot of questions actually about some veterans who could be brought in on waivers to shore up depth on the roster. Certain positions we're looking at next week, but I got this one a lot, and I keep getting this one. And this, I'm going to pick the one from at David Flowers 24 on Twitter. Any word on T.Y. Hilton or the possibly possibility of signing a veteran wide receiver? So right now, the last we heard was at the start of training camp where Chris Ballard said the door is not closed Mm -hmm. on T.Y. Hilton. But now we're at the end of training camp, and I think you've seen quite a bit of competition at that position. You've had kind of what we've talked about, those four guys emerge, you know, Pittman, Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, Ashton Doolin. And those four guys are kind of the core of that room. And now we're talking about can you keep six? Mm-hmm. with the way that Strawn and Patman are playing. So never say never, but I don't get the impression that the Colts are needing to bring in a veteran wide receiver right now. Do you guys kind of agree with that assessment? I mean, I, I do. I mean, especially after the, the first game in Buffalo, I always thought let's get through the first couple of weeks of the preseason or training camp, right. get to that first preseason game, and then that'll kind of tell us where we are with the sense of urgency to go out and sign a veteran wide receiver. So now that that has come and gone and the fact that we've played a second preseason game, and oh, by the way, we've got Strawn for 45 yards and a touchdown. Patman goes over 100 yards and a touchdown. Big playability there. They're both healthy. Uh, they're both coming on strong. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for Chris Ballard because we just don't know. I mean, unless he was sitting here right next to us telling us definitively what's going to happen. Right. I, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. That being said, I'll kind of hedge my bet a little bit and say T.Y. Hilton is still in town. His son plays for Zionsville. Yep. He's a star receiver. Just made a play last yeah, week in week awesome. one. <laughs> Double overtime game-winning yeah. uh, touchdown in the end zone against uh, Pike. So he's still around, and, you know, for what it's worth, from a marketing standpoint, you know, people always tweet me the same thing. I'm sure they tweet you guys. They, they send me pictures of T.Y. still on the side of the building. So I, I get it, but as of right now, I think the Colts are leading that they, they like 
and they've been bullish all offseason exactly. long. They, yep. they, they've said this dating back to the combine. We like the guys that we think are capable of taking the next step. Well, the next step is the regular season, and we'll see kind of where we are after the first three or four games. I think that's the biggest thing is we see – I mean, it seems like year in, year out, there's always one position group that you always look at and say, I feel like they should have done something else. And I feel like this year it's been wide receiver. They have been bullish on it. But to this point, I think everything they've said has been correct. I think we – the media contingents about here every day watching, we would all agree that there's a handful of guys you go, wow, he's made some flash plays. And we're talking about DeMichael Harris. You know, these guys that are fighting for those final couple spots because those four guys, I mean, there have been days where it's like Pittman won today, Campbell won today, Pierce won today, Doolin won today, and it's been interchanging. So that's one of the things I think the top four, you're definitely set. So when it comes to adding a veteran wide receiver, I almost, I almost think you lean towards no because you're just going to break up kind of the thing you got going right now. I think, you know, who knows, maybe week, you know, a handful of weeks in and you kind of look and go, okay, maybe it's not as strong. That's right. when you do it. But I think right now I almost want to say I'm, I'm not, you know, like Chris is not here, so we have no idea what he's thinking. But he might be sitting up there going, ha-ha, see, you let me do my thing and mm-hmm. look at what's happening. That, that's what he kept saying was like, let's let this thing just play out. Just let it play out and we're watching it play out. And it's it's looking like he's right. He's right. One, one other note here. I asked Reggie Wayne on Monday what he has learned about Michael Pittman Jr. now that he didn't know when he took the job. I thought his answer was really interesting and he said it's leadership. It's He's got that leadership quality to him and as he's, say, as he's talking about it and, and going on about how you know really solid a leader Michael Pittman is I'm thinking you know look if you're you're concerned with this room is that it's too young and there's not that you know that guy who stepped up into the leadership role that T.Y. Hilton has vacated by not being here well that guy's been Michael Pittman Jr. Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that the Colts might need someone like T.Y. Hilton or T.Y. Hilton himself during the season but right now right if you don't if you have a good leader in that room and Michael Pittman Jr that sort of takes away part of why you might need to go get T.Y. Hilton. So, again, I think, I think we're talking about need here. Uh, do, do you, know, you want to get better in every aspect of the roster? Absolutely. Yeah. But, again, let's let this thing play out, and it'll continue to play out once you get into the regular season. But right now, if you, we're talking about, again, letting it play out, I think it's played out pretty well at that position. I don't think it's a leadership problem because I think you bring up a great point there with Michael Pittman Jr., and the fact that you have Reggie Wayne now leading that position group as the wide receiver coach. Uh, so I don't think it's a leadership issue. Like, if you're bringing T.Y. Hilton, it's not because the room needs guidance. Right, right. It's just, to me, it's just playmaking, playmaking ability. Exactly. It's, it's, it's veteran yep. uh, experience, you know, guy that you can trust to go get you, you know, four or five catches a game for 40, 50 yards and maybe a touchdown and make some contested catches in big moments. That, I think, is what you're looking for more so than the leadership. I don't know your void of leadership because you've got Pittman, who's in year three, Paris Campbell has only played in 15 games, so on and so forth. I think you've got that. I think you've established a good culture here. It's just, to me, it's all about production on the field more than anything else. Let's go to the random thought of the week before we wrap up this podcast. What do you got? All right, today's random thought of the week. We can be short. We can be sweet uh, because I think I know where you guys are going with this. But, guys, have you ever noticed there's a difference between how we act and interact on different vehicles or vessels. So when you're on a, when you're on a boat, 
Okay, when you're on a boat, everybody's in a good mood. Like, you, yeah. ever, you ever cross another boat going a different direction, and you wave to everybody Always. on the boat. How yeah. you doing? Yeah, you're on a boat, too. Life is good. <laughs> you know, I'm on a boat, you're on a boat. What's up, man? Like your boat. In the car, on the road, oh, we yeah. freaking hate each other. <laughs> like, we, we give each other the bird. We honk at each other. He comes over. Anyway, I got this left front tire. He's in my lane like this much. Hey, buddy. Why are we so different? On boats compared to in the car in terms of our demeanor and our hatred for one another. It's easy. deep. No, it's it's easy. When you're in a car, you don't want to be in a car. Unless you're (laughs) Darius Leonard or Shaquille Leonard and you know you owned every kind of classic car, sometimes doubles, Uh, sometimes triples, you you want you like to be in a car if that's you. Otherwise, you're driving to the you're driving to the grocery store and you're like, Buh, give me another stupid me car. car. And then you that's- get a guy I live in Carmel, so of course I go through seven thousand roundabouts to go get to the store. And, you know, you get the one person in the roundabout who doesn't know what he's doing, <laughs> and it's like you, He's like, the guy from the south side. <laughs> oh, my what God. What are these roundabouts? <laughs> it yeah. was what, Matt Taylor. The yeah. I'm, dri- I'm driving behind Matt Taylor. <laughs> we got roundabouts being like, down being there. Like, Come on can now. you learn how to drive? Get, I just want to get to the store and buy all this stuff. You don't have to home. stop, sir, to yield. Whereas in a boat, you're, you're like, you're right. You're like, yeah. hey, I'm on a boat. You're yeah. on a boat, too. Yeah. Hey, this I'm is drinking great. a beer. We're having right? a great time because yeah. we're on a boat, and you're in a car, and you're like, I'm not having a great time. That's a good point. I didn't think about it from just the aspect of you don't want to be in the car, and that's probably yeah. it. I didn't even think about that. That's that's definitely it. You just don't want to be there. And even when you are in the car and you're like, we're going somewhere, it's like you want to get there faster. Right. So if somebody's impeding on you getting there, yeah, that's that's got to be what it is. Do you have road I, rage? Oh, it, it, it's bad. Do you have road rage? No. So because I grew up oh. driving on the highways of Chicago, like nothing phases me on the road. Like you, you drive in Chicago on the Dan Ryan. Like I'm sure folks listening to this podcast have dro- driven up 65 to get into Chicago. Right. And you're on the Dan Ryan going, you know, you're going past uh, guaranteed right field where the White Sox play. And you have people just cutting you off. They're going 95. And to me, that's like tip of the hat. Respect. Yeah. But that's a, that I, gr- I grew up driving in that environment. <laughs> so I'm like not phased by that. But my wife grew up here and she's just like. This jabroni here is cutting me off, and I'm like, yeah, that's you know, that's yeah. what happens. That's life yeah. on the highway yeah. up in Chicago. Yeah. Mine, mine's getting bad where my kids are there. They're like, they're doing the same thing. Like our big thing. Look at in, this guy in our neighborhood. It's a 25 mile an hour speed limit in our neighborhood, and it. I don't know what it is about the road that we live on. Guys fly, and they'll do 30 to 40. And we're I love to be outside, especially when you know when it's like this. I'm I'm like. Drop whatever you got going on inside, because we're going out. Like I'm, I'm not a. I sure. don't like to sit. So we're outside often, and I'm, I'm always, I, I'm like, I'm that get off your lawn guy. Yeah. You know, I see a guy flying, and I'm like, slow down. You know, it's your neighborhood. I'll wave him down. It's to the point now where my kids, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter how fast the car is going now. If they drive by, <laughs> you, both, both of my boys, I've got a four year old and a two year old. They turn and they just yell, slow down, dude. It doesn't matter how fast they're going. They both will turn. So that's that's where it's gotten, where now my kids are in on this, you know, road rage, if right. you will. I try to, you know, I I try to give most people the benefit of the doubt, but there are certain times that I just have. See, my really biggest, my road biggest, rage. I don't think I have road rage. I think I'm pretty, I'm a defensive driver probably for the most part. Okay. But what my biggest pet peeve is I'm a big believer in the flow of traffic. I've, yeah. driven, I've driven 465 every day probably of my adult life. <laughs> yeah, right. So there is something called the flow of traffic. If you're in the left lane, usually the flow of traffic, if it's a normal day, is somewhere between 70 and 
well, 65 and yeah. 70. Yep. Okay? So there's me, there's the person in front of me, and the person in front of them. And we're all just going through the flow of traffic. The guy behind me all of a sudden wants to go faster. <laughs> And I'm going with the flow of traffic. So he right will, up on you. He will pass me on the right. Oh, okay. And then cut me off and slam on his brakes <laughs> because he wanted to be one car yeah. in front of me. Meanwhile, sir, we're all going at the flow, at the rate of speed. You're yeah. going to get there. You and I are going to get there at the exact same time. If we're going to the same place, we're going to arrive at our destination the exact same time if you just go with the flow of traffic. Yeah. Well said. All right. You're not wrong. That yeah. was a very 65-year-old answer. No, it was, that's good. Right. it was good. But I'm that's, the same uh, that's way. how it should be. Yep. But I, I typically see, you say you're defensive. I, I'm one of those guys that I'll probably drive 465. I'm in, you know, probably the middle right lane. And I'm doing, you know, 57. So you're going the speed limit. I'm going the speed yeah. limit. And I, But the people that get behind me and ride me, I'm like, dude, you got two lanes yeah, to the left of me. There. You can yeah, go, you go over there. there. Yeah, I'm those over here the fast for a lanes. reason. Yeah. I'm you go over there. I mean, I probably have a 30-minute drive on 465 every day. On average, that happens to me twice a, twice oh, yeah. a trip Yeah, where someone will speed up and pass me on the right, get over to the left, slam on the brakes because the person in front of them is going with the speed of traffic. <laughs> there you go. There we go. It's, it's not it a is, boat. It if it a, was a boat, you'd be like, boat, hey, you'd be buddy. Like, hey, we'd be, hey, we'd yeah. be popping tops. <laughs> yeah. what, what are you drinking? <laughs> what's up, man? Yeah, no, life's good. <laughs> Next week on the podcast, we should do what's your boat beer it's, choice. There you go. Ooh, I like that. A lot, of, a lot of good that, options. That's what they say. The road, it's the one thing we all share. Yeah. You know? And the one thing we all hate. All right. Well, we didn't hate this podcast. This it was, was good. Coming up this week on the Colts Audio Network, don't forget daily Updates Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan and the Colts Audio Network. Inside Football with Rick Venturi will drop on Wednesday with a recap of Colts camp to this point. Who his favorite roster bubble players are, I cannot wait to hear who Coach thinks uh, are his favorite roster bubble players because he is out here every day taking meticulous notes oh, yeah. yes, he on is. this. Camp chats with Colts players every day after practice. You guys sat down with tight end Mo Ali cox today. That'll be coming out at some point here soon. Friday, Colts happy hour with JMV featuring Frank Reich and players heading into the final preseason game against the Buccaneers. Sunday, Colts instant reaction with myself and Bill Brooks will be back. And by the way, guys, if anyone's going to the game Saturday and you hear a new voice on the PA system. It's you! It it's is. JJ. Yeah. I'm getting uh I'm getting a full game in. Can you give us a third down? I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can give it to you. Can I give a little background of why this is happening sure, first? Sure. So uh Saturday during the game, uh Mike Jansen, the great play by uh stadium PA announcer, who's been doing it for twenty five years here in Indianapolis, started to lose his voice a little bit. And uh, What are you talking about? Yeah. I didn't and lose my voice. I, uh, I, I volunteered to step in. Um, thank you to the, the trust of my boss, Dave Knickerbocker, the help of folks like Mike Stevens and Caroline Lee and, of course, Mike Jansen himself for talking me through doing stadium PA for the first time in my life during the second <laughs> half of the game against the Wait, Lions. you never did like a middle school volleyball game? Nope. NFL game. Nope. Here you go. But I'm it, not going to uh, lie to you. Went, real real quick, JJ. We're about to go into the locker room post-game, and J.J. comes down, and he is on a high. He's like, <laughs> He like looks at me, and he's like, dude, I just did PA for the second half of the game. And honestly, where, where we are on radio, I got headphones on. All I hear is Matt. I can't hear anything. So I had no – I was just like, wait a minute. You did what? Well, I can you tell on you – such a high. So well done, by the way. Yeah, during, during the game, I don't pay much attention to the Jumbotron <laughs> yeah. or the PA. No offense. <laughs> right. To Mike or yourself or anybody else. There's just a lot going on. But – I think the biggest compliment I can give you is 
I did not know that was you. Exactly. That's what I That's was great. about to say. I yeah. did not I, know that it was. I didn't know it was had, anyone yeah. other than Mike. Yep. Great. Yeah, it was uh, It was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm going to get to do it again, uh, get, a, get an actual week to prepare for it. Jansen's going to be back. Don't worry, guys. Uh, this is not a permanent thing, but um, <laughs> in case this ever happens again, going to get a little bit of, you know, actual practice in. So, you know, for, uh, for instance, if the, uh, you know, let's say it's Blaine Gabbert completes a pass to Scotty Miller. Pass complete, number 11, Blaine Gabbert, to number 10, Scotty Miller. It's a gain of three yards, and it's third. <laughs> there we go. There it is. There it is. All right. Yeah. Letting the bells rumble on that. People, so. on, people on 465, yeah. just, they got more road rage after listening to that. They're, They're ready for a third up. down if you've, made, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, congrats on now having Save road the rage. the best for last. Anyways, for Matt Taylor, for Casey Vallier, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Please remember to rate, review, and Subscribe to us here on the Colts Audio Network so you don't miss a thing that we have coming up over the next week and then into the regular season. Again, this is our last episode in Westfield. We're going to be back on 56th Street next week. You won't know the difference other than you might hear fewer golf carts (laughs) going by. (laughs) Anyways, Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week here on the Colts Audio Network.